0: The doctor is in. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us this week for part one of four of our special series called HIV Diaries Reflections, where we look back on an older program and reflect. For example, today, what we're doing is we are looking back on the very first HIV Diaries podcast. And as I was looking this up, I was trying to remember exactly when it was because it was about this time. Of couple years ago well the date that is on this particular file of when it was originally mixed down was dated for November the 10th of 2018 just a few weeks shy of two years ago ain't that something it's amazing isn't it you know a lot of people don't know this when the hiv diaries first started it was not a podcast it started off as kind of like a video blog and then it grew from there and you're going to hear that in this show and as i went back to get this show ready to post few things i noticed right out of the box and you're going to notice this is i hadn't really gotten down my pattern yet In regards to how I was going to talk, I just opened up the microphone and went to it. Well, you're going to notice that on this show (laughs) in very, very, very much uh, detailed fashion, let me tell you. Now, stay tuned after we rerun the program from November of 2018, and you'll hear my reflection on the show and how I feel about it now and how I would do things differently, okay? Right now, though, from November of 2018, the very first HIV Diaries podcast. Enjoy. (laughs) Enjoy. Welcome to the podcast, the HIV Diaries podcast, something new, something different. Welcome for those of you who were regular viewers of the video program, the webisodes on YouTube and Facebook. Welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you. For those of you who have never in your life seen the video programs, the video shows, Uh, or for that matter heard from your friends how much of the devil I am wait till you get a load of me (laughs) in long form for that matter this was formerly a web show and by the way my name is Jay Thomas I am your host if you've seen the shows you know what uh, you kind of know what the program is all about uh, for those of you who have never seen the shows that we used to have on YouTube and Facebook, uh, or that I used to have on YouTube and Facebook, started off originally as a video blog, um, now you are about to uh, you're about to get a little bit of a background here if you've never seen them. Here's how the whole thing came about with the HIV diaries. Just uh, I'll, I'll try to be as brief as possible. And we will go from there and um, kind of make the transition to the new format a little bit, I guess. All right. On June 7th of 2017, it was a uh, Wednesday afternoon, just before one thirty in the afternoon, actually. I tested positive on a uh, what's called a rapid test uh, for the HIV virus. We did a... Uh, guess it's called like a second test slash backup test. I tested positive on that one as well. So it was confirmed. Had to go do my first blood draw to see where I was at and uh, begin meds at that point, which would have been June 21st of 2017. What happened during that time, though, was that I was looking for an outlet because I was, uh, I was a multitude of just emotions. All over the place. Just walking around. I I was nervous. I was scared. Really, truly didn't have a whole lot of people to talk to. And me being a I guess, techie person. And also being an individual who always thrived. Not so much off of attention. I mean, let's face it. We all thrive off of attention. We all like a compliment every now and again. But if you know me personally and you know my background and you know where I came from, you know that I came from a broadcasting and communications background. I grew up in a household with a father who was heavily involved. Even going back to, I mean, gosh, (laughs) the late 80s. you probably even earlier than that in the local entertainment scene. And to give you a little bit of a location here so you can kind of set the scene. I currently reside in Toledo, Ohio. I'm originally from, born and raised in Lima, Ohio. And so the time period here would have been like late 80s. Okay, My father was always in tune with local entertainment, and then he got a job as an assistant manager at a local um, music retailer. Uh, this, it was a part of the Sam Goody chain, but the store was called Musicland, and it was in the American Mall. And so local musicians uh, of the day, local bands, entertainment uh, people, um, all kinds of people, all walks of life, every demographic you could possibly think of used to come into the store to buy music, shop, browse. Sometimes they just come in and hang out for the day. So, I grew up around a lot of different characters, and I was also very blessed at that point in time, too, because, again, different time period. I was like eight or nine years old, and I'm sitting in 18 and 21 and over establishments watching bands of the day, watching entertainment acts of the day. Sometimes they'd come over to the apartment and just hang out. (laughs) This is what I grew up around. So it was kind of a natural transition when I got older to be involved in that because I grew up around that. Oh and on top of that I grew up being a fan of pro wrestling and MTV. So it it, it was it was natural. Okay. And at the age of 13, one day, actually, before my 14th birthday in 1996, I began my career in radio and in broadcasting. Went to work for a radio station in Lima. Uh, Call letters of WZOQ, Wapakoneta Lima. But those of you who were from the area or, for that matter, even were familiar with that community, you probably know it better as 92 Zoo. It was the big, big, big pop radio, top 40 station. And I started my career as a toucan bird. It's walking around 13, 14 years old in a toucan bird costume at local radio station remotes, broadcasts. Somewhere there's pictures of it. My grandma came out and took pictures one time. We did a, they had done a remote. It was uh, me and a guy named Sean Bratton. And Sean was doing a remote. At a place called Furrow's, which is uh, not only no longer in business, but the building isn't even standing anymore. And uh, my grandma came out and took pictures. So somewhere there is pictures of me in a toucan bird costume. It's pretty entertaining, but I digress. I went from one station to another, did all kinds of things on air, production, writing, marketing, worked a little bit in sales to a certain degree, more so on the television end than I did radio, but I did them on both sides. So fast forward to June and July and August of 2017. I'm looking for an outlet. I don't have one, but I look in the palm of my hand and there's my little smartphone. I had one of those uh, those little galaxy things. Still do, by the way, but I have a better one now. And uh, I picked up my phone and hit my camera and just started talking. I hadn't talked on camera for a really long time. Now, at that point, what would have been a long time? At that point, it would have been about four, four and a half years. I hadn't actively talked on camera or for that matter, on a microphone for the better part of about three, three and a half. And it was just kind of my outlet to deal with what I was going through. And I just decided to call my uh, video blog at the time, The HIV Diaries. Sounded like a cool name. Little did I know what was going to come of that. I was not aware at the time that it wasn't just like friends of mine and family that were watching these video blogs. There were people in... Other parts of the country and other parts of the world, for that matter, that were also watching me. I got to about webisode number, I think it was four, maybe five. And I started getting instant messages and DMs and and from people I don't even know. Saying, hey, you know, my brother was diagnosed three years ago. You know, what you're doing is a really good thing. I remember getting that. And I'm like, what? I mean, I, wow. This is amazing. Am I really affecting people like this? The next thing I did... About this time, I decided that I wanted to take things to the next level. Because if I've got this many people watching me and this different group of people watching me that I wanted to, not so much change, but I wanted to try my best to evolve it, keep it moving, you know, keep things progressing and at the time. The doctors hadn't gotten me undetectable yet, and and that was kind of the concern at the time. We had to get we had to get my numbers undetectable; otherwise, things would progress and they weren't going to end well. And so, I decided that I was going to take my camera into the doctor's office with me. And one webisode in particular, um, you can go back and find it. Pull up YouTube, punch in the HIV Diaries. Uh, you'll find it. And you went into the waiting room with me and actually went into the blood draw room with me. Kind of different. <laughs> kind of different. But I got a lot of compliments on that show. It was like, wow, it was almost like a movie. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. But part of the big thing I used to do was I wasn't afraid to take you into areas... And take you into places and take you into spaces that maybe hadn't been done before. A lot of people do not like to share or, for that matter, talk about their personal life for one reason or another in a public setting like this broadcasting setting where... You know, tens of thousands, maybe even millions of people have the opportunity to view and listen. And that's fine. I respect that. I mean, I I get it. I believe me, if anybody understands, you're talking to the biggest supporter of that right here. Trust me. But when you're dealing with a subject matter like HIV, in my opinion, the best way to deal with at all is really to be honest you have to be honest with people especially nowadays you know when you have a generation of young people coming up 18 to 25 who do not remember what it was like back in the 80s in the early 90s you have to be honest because it's not so much that they don't know that's not the case but they weren't around for when people were dying. And it's not that people still don't die. We, we are in a time period in medical science with this disease and this this whole thing where people now who have HIV are living their full life expectancy because of the advances of medical science, because of modern medicine, because of People who are not afraid to buck the system anymore and afraid to buck politics to get what needs to be done, done. They are not afraid. There was a time period 30 years ago where because of political wrangling and personal and religious beliefs playing into modern day happenings in everyday life, people were dying because nobody wanted to accept that this was something that could either A, potentially be cured and people could live, or for that matter a treatment could be used to keep people alive and keep people around for as long as possible while a cure was being developed and that's where we're at right now do politics still exist because of this or in regards to this yeah they do but not nearly to the degree of what it used to be i mean my god (laughs) it 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 was crazy back in the day and at some point we'll go further into that but right now we're just doing the just giving you a little bit of the background of these things before we go into the main crux of this all of these things that i was doing to i guess deal with what I have medically and and the things I have to do, it wasn't so much I lost focus, but because of how honest I was being with people and because of how straightforward I decided to be about not just how I acquired it, but to the level of how I uh, acquired it, it started to rub a lot of people the wrong way. Typically older people, but it began to rub a lot of people the wrong way. and I got a very huge, stark reminder during this time about some of the prejudice that still exists about this disease, and it was sick. Because here we are, by by this point, when a lot of the backlash against me started to occur, this would have been like early 2018, January, February, that time period like the early part, and you started to discover that not only, A, is there still a lot of prejudice out there about this disease, there is also, also an incredible amount of ignorance that still exists, and I understand that. I'm not ignorant to that. I get it. But look, it's easy to feel one way and see things one way and talk about things one way when you don't have to deal with it. What if you didn't have a choice? What if you had to deal with it and you had to face it and you had to live with it day in and day out? You'd come to realize very quickly your personal tastes and your personal feelings in your personal beliefs, in whatever it may be, do not matter anymore. Why? Because now it is a part of your everyday life. And that's where I'm at. And that's where millions of people are at. So, one show in particular. I got really, 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 really in-depth about some of the things going on in my private life, discussed uh, when uh, I was basically screwing anything and everything under the sun, and that's being very blunt, by the way, and discussed some of the things that my wife and I used to do, and uh, boy, did this bring out the (laughs) pitchforks. Oh my God, these people were ready to burn me at the freaking stake. Then guess what happened? The next webisode out of the box, and I remember it like it was yesterday. Webisode 13. Guess who joined me on the show? My wife. And when she opened up her mouth and she made the comment and the line and the words that will forever live in HIV Diaries infamy about the open marriage being her idea, oh, you could hear a pin drop. And now all of a sudden, no one had anything to say, but everybody was still paying attention. And I realized at that point in time, not only do I know the direction that I need to go in with this now, but the concept of being realistic and being upfront and being someone who will tell you straight up, look, this is how things are. This is how it happened. And I'll even go into graphic detail about things, especially on this podcast, because I don't have any rules, laws, FCC regulations to follow anymore. I don't have to worry about losing sponsors if I do have any. Why? Because if there is a sponsor that's a part of this program, they already know what they're getting. They know what the program is about. And guess what? I own, operate, and run everything with this. Nobody else does. It's not like Clear Channel owns me, though I used to work for them at one point, but they don't own me. Or what are they known by now? iHeart, I think. <clears throat> iHeart Media. The 17 and a half years in broadcasting and communications that I I had and, and, and have experience in and, and spent time in taught me a lot. And another thing that happened, too, was the time I spent away from the business, beginning in the spring of 2014, taught me a lot, too. I loved the business of broadcasting. I loved the camaraderie. I loved the atmosphere. I loved the things that I was able to do, accomplish, and be a part of. I was very blessed to do the things that I was able to do. And when it ended, I always felt like there was something missing. But at the same time, I knew I had to move on. I knew I had to go do something else. I had to go. I mean, (laughs) I had to live. And so I went and did something else. I always swore to myself, though, if I ever did get back into the business, if I ever did go back to broadcasting, if I ever did crack a microphone again, that I was going to do it not so much because I wanted to, but I was going to do it when I was ready to do it, when I was ready to come back. And whatever I chose to do, whatever direction I went in, it was going to be on my terms and my rules and my regulations. I don't set out to be different, but at the end of the day, I always, for some reason, it, I always tend to go to the beat on my own drum. It's, it's kind of strange to explain. But with the HIV Diaries web shows, I realized by about the end of that web episode that had my wife on it that it was time to really get down to business. And if. I was going to be real, and I was going to be upfront, and I was going to be honest with everyone who was a part of this program, who was watching the program, who was listening to this program, that I was going to have to do it not just from the standpoint of what I was able to do and how I was able to communicate that. I was just going to have to and do it. Well, that is my time. <laughs> oh my 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 well you know what i've rambled long enough it's time to give you a little bit of a um taste i guess of what's to come this was just the premiere i guess podcast show and from this point on um we're going to be doing things a little bit differently okay i'm still going to be taking questions i'm still going to be answering those questions i'm still going to be keeping the program uh, to the interactive level that i did like when i had the video show but it's uh going to change up a little bit so stick around tune in and uh you'll find out what's next and also uh, beginning with the next episode too, uh, we're going to start lightening things up a little bit more, and, and we're going to start to kind of, um, you know, talk about some other things besides just HIV, okay? Like, for example, oh, I don't know. I mean, my life isn't all about HIV. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice is cracking like I'm hitting puberty. And I'm 36! What the hell's wrong with me? This is the HIV Diaries. My name is Jay Thomas, and this has been a production of... Oh. All oh, right, All right. All right. All right. All right. We get it. Jeez. Somebody was excited to be back in front of a microphone. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. Whoa. Okay. So, yes, I did like to talk, didn't I? Holy smokes. Can I talk? Let's face it, though. I had been in a relationship, and we spoke about this before. I'd been in a relationship where I wasn't really allowed to express myself because of everything that was going on. I wasn't, I really was not allowed to. And so when I finally got that opportunity, I took it, I took it and I ran with it because I knew I could. And that's what you got with that very first HIV Diaries podcast from November of 2018. And man, it's so wild to look back on that now and to listen to it now. It's like, man, I have really changed a lot in regards to my presentation and in regards to the way I produce the show and how everything goes and the marketing and the promotions and everything else it's like wow that's just amazing from the first show to now holy smokes has a lot changed you know next week hiv diaries reflections continues as we look back on past shows and reflect upon what we've learned and how we've grown so stay tuned for that we are available on spotify apple podcasts youtube podbean facebook facebook.com backslash hiv diaries spirit life media at yahoo.com is how you get in touch with the program you all be safe out there take care stay warm and god bless we'll see you back here for hiv diaries reflections in two weeks stay tuned